Team, welcome to the Freedom Hot, the Thursday, November 18th edition of the show. We're still bracing for a Rittenhouse verdict in Kenosha, Wisconsin. OSHA has suspended the enforcement of Biden's vaccine mandate. Joy Reid goes on an anti-whiteness rant. And we have Detroit going down to one day a week of remote learning and a lot of other COVID madness on the way. Let's uh, dive into all that together in a moment. Just want to tell you that you need to be supporting the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. In the worst terrorist attack to ever take place on American soil, 2,977 people lost their lives. It was September 11, 2001. But in the face of all of that terribleness, brave Americans responded. Many even stepped forward to enlist in our armed forces. Since then, more than 7,000 U.S. soldiers made the ultimate sacrifice. Those heroes were part of the war on terror, America's response to 9-11. They fought for us, but never came home. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation honored those men and women who gave everything by reading their names aloud for the first time ever in a new annual ceremony on Veterans Day in front of the Lincoln Monument. Tunnel to Towers is making sure their sacrifice is never forgotten. The Foundation's season of hope runs from Thanksgiving to New Year's Eve. At least one mortgage-free home a day is being given away for 37 days to honor America's greatest heroes. Do good in their honor. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. I actually want to start today because I am waiting like everybody else right now in the news business for the uh, jury to come back with a verdict in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. And I am not as confident as I was a few days ago that it was going to be an acquittal. I still am hopeful and still think it is likely. But the longer this jury stays out, the more I start to question whether they have. I mean, this is an obvious case. It's as a self-defense matter. It couldn't be more straightforward as a legal matter. He didn't do anything wrong, but the jury is terrified. There are people who very clearly do not want to feel the wrath of the mob who are in that jury room. So we shall see how that goes. I, I actually wanted to take a moment, though, to talk about what's going on in Vermont. Because we are in now mid-November. It's going to be Thanksgiving next week. And you're starting to see a COVID surge. Now, this for a lot of us, is not surprising at all. But I, I want to tell you, because you will not hear it in other places, and there's a lot of people, remember, the same people who were completely wrong about Russia collusion for years in the media, just stunningly, unbelievably wrong about that stuff, about that giant lie meant to destroy the Trump administration, are the ones who are, in the media now, vicious about anybody who questions the narrative of Fauciism and lockdowns are worthwhile. You know, we just had the highest ever 12-month period of overdose deaths in this country, over 100,000 people. Those are mostly people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, and uh, they are dying deaths of despair because when you separate people from each other, when you create mass anxiety and you terrify everybody that COVID is this monstrosity along the lines of smallpox when really it's more along the lines of a very bad flu season uh, you're going to get psychological impacts of that and people well people are dying because of it we are seeing that happening um, 
But they don't want you to talk about what's really going on right now. You're supposed to just accept what the people at the New York Times and CNN and MSNBC want you to about all this. Well, here's the problem. Vermont has had an increase of over 10 percent in hospital admissions, hospital admissions over the last week from covid. And they're going to tell you that it's they they use all this language, all this language to shade your thinking, to push you to the conclusion they want. It's mostly in the unvaccinated, primarily a problem of the unvaccinated. The data shows that it's okay. It's right now the case that in Vermont, which we look at as a state, not only because it has uh, a over 10 percent increase in hospitalizations just in the last week alone, but also, so it's in the middle of a spike right now, or the or the beginning of a spike, I should say. Uh, beyond that, it's the most heavily vaccinated state in the entire country. It's a small state, not a lot of people, and very vaccinated. Okay, so I think ninety, I think it's ninety nine percent. I do have to check on that. Of people over sixty five, have at least gotten one shot. So everybody who's at high risk has gotten. I'm going to say everybody, pretty much everybody has gotten a shot, right? Remember, there's no absolutes here. You're always going to have some outliers, some things here and there that you know, we're not talking about 100 percent anything. And that's always a problem with these discussions. Two thirds of hospitalized COVID-19 patients in Vermont are unvaccinated, they tell you. OK, that means that a third of people in the hospital right now for COVID call it 30, 33 percent, something in that area. One in three people in the hospital fully vaccinated. Now, I know what they're going to say in response to this. And I I know what what the the plan is going to be here. Oh, yeah, no, that's fine. It's fine. The vaccines are great. Just get the booster. Just get the booster. To which some of us say, okay, so really what we've been pushed into here, what we are, what we are at the early stage of is. Boosters every six months uh, for life until they actually find a cure for COVID. And let's see, they're still looking for a vaccine for HIV. In fact, the people at the top of the health bureaucracy in this country when it comes to COVID, their life's mission for the last 30 years was to find a vaccine for HIV, which, as you know, did not happen. But there are therapeutics, right? Therapeutics that you can get that can essentially suppress the virus to a point where it's undetectable in blood. Um, and there are therapeutics for COVID too, monoclonal antibodies, this new pill from Pfizer. There, there's stuff out there that you can take that's very helpful, but they're, they're convinced eradicated through vaccination. That's, that's the plan here. We can control and eradicate it through vaccination. We actually can't eradicate it through vaccination. That's become quite obvious. But what I want to just say to you is, did it make it sound like 30% of people in the hospital And I'm sure if you look at the numbers of those dying from COVID, too, it's probably right along those lines. Right. I mean, hospitalization with COVID means you're very sick. So why wouldn't the why wouldn't the mortality numbers be similar? Did it sound like that's what they were telling us six months ago? Did it sound like that's what the numbers would be? They're pushing people right now to get shots or lose their jobs. Biden put in an OSHA mandate. But. They keep saying, oh, well, you're less likely to spread the virus if you're vaccinated than if you're unvaccinated. Okay, but there's still plenty of spread going on among the vaccinated. 
Still plenty of hospitalizations going on among the vaccinated. This, these are the fa- this is the data, the facts. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the New York Times data on which they just linked to the CDC official numbers right away. They were wrong yet again. Yet again. They told us the vaccines were 90, 95 percent effective. You couldn't get it. You couldn't spread it. And what we're seeing is that with every passing month, that is less true. It is more so the case that you can get it and spread it and even get hospitalized and even die, even if you are vaccinated. And they're saying, OK, well, now their next move, of course, oh, they got to shuffle. They got to shuffle the deck again. They got to figure something out. The next move is, oh, well, boosters, boosters. OK. We're going to get boosters now forever. If not, why not? Why, why don't they explain that to us? What, what is the future in which people aren't going to be told you have to get the shot every six months? Because remember, in Vermont, most of the cases are actually among young people. Most of the spread that's going on is among young people, and they're fine. They're not the ones that are going to the hospital. They're not the ones who are dying. The people who are at high risk, they've all gotten the shot, essentially. I mean, not all of them, but most of them, they've gotten the shot. And so you say, well, hold on a second. What, what's really going on then? Why are we so worried about young people who are able to beat the virus very easily Why are we changing the rules and norms of society when really what we should just do is a version of what we do for the flu season? People who are at high risk get the shot. Everybody else lives their lives. What's the problem? What is the argument against that? Look at the data. What, we're going to have a few thousand people in their 40s and 50s or a few thousand people in their 30s and 40s who are going to die of COVID each year? Thousands and thousands of people who have been dying of flu each year in those age categories. We didn't shut down society for it. COVID is particularly dangerous to the elderly. We have known this from the beginning. But they act like it's super dangerous for everybody. And then they acted like, well, it's it's maybe just dangerous for the for older people. But if you get the shot, you won't be able to spread it them. That's not true. Okay, well, you're less likely to spread it to them. All right, so we're going to have a man- we're going to have a shot mandate now every six months. When it's still very possible, you can get it and spread it to somebody even after getting those shots. You see what you see that what the logic here turns into? It's ma- it's okay. We don't need masks. Actually, we do need masks. Actually, make it two masks. Actually, make it three masks. Just two more weeks. Just one more mask. Just one more foot of distancing. Just a little more. Just a little more. Just a little more. It doesn't work. Their mentality, their approach doesn't do what they tell us it's going to do. And then they turn around and say, well, you're a monster and you deny science and you're anti-vax. And they write stupid hit pieces on people like me in the New York Times. It was a pathetic piece, by the way. I mean, really, honestly, now that like uh, dust is cleared after the initial, oh, I'm in the New York Times briefing. and I'm a, uh, Yeah, I'm an anti-vaccine guy who goes on a show and tells people constantly who are at high risk, get the shot. It's better, for, it's better for your risk parameters. You know, if you're over 65, absolutely get the shot. If you're over 50, think long and hard about the shot. And if you have any particular health conditions. I've said that for 18 months. Or I shouldn't say 18 months, I'm sorry. Since the beginning of the uh, vaccination campaign. But that's been my mentality for the whole, for the whole uh, pandemic, which is that as soon as we have something, people who are at high risk should, should take whatever they can to help them. I also believe in taking monoclonal antibodies. I actually want everyone to be healthy. I want everyone to live a long, healthy life or the longest, healthiest life they can. But I don't want to burn down all of society because I think I'm going to squeeze out 
a 1% reduction in COVID cases. When is it not worth it? That's really the question that the libs never want to answer. When is it too much? 100,000 overdose deaths, trillions of dollars of spending, inflation rising, still lots of COVID all over the place, including among the vaccinated folks. That's what they want to do. Oh, but it's mostly it's we've gone from it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated to it's mostly a pandemic of the unvaccinated. How long before it's just a pandemic of the haven't had COVID yet? Because natural immunity is more durable and better. I'm just wondering, how long do you think before we reach that stage? They are lying to you. They keep lying to you and they don't care because this is ultimately about people thinking they are more important and smarter than they are and being cowards. That's what you have with the health bureaucracy in this country. Michigan has recorded the highest COVID case um, increase in the last uh, week or so. The highest seven-day case rate, I'm sorry, highest seven-day case rate is actually in Michigan right now. Over the last month, hospitalizations have increased 52%. Okay, 75% of all cases and deaths are among unvaccinated people. Okay, I'd like to know, I'd like to know this. And they say those not yet fully vaccinated. Again, 25%. That's not a small number. That's not a small number. Now, you could say, oh, but we should get it to, if we had 100% vaccination, then we would have, you'd have some reduction, but there's also a trade-off here. How many, how many rounds of shots does everyone have to get? How much more lockdown? They're, they're shutting down schools in Detroit one day a week now to slow the spread of COVID. Does anyone think that's going to slow the spread of COVID? One day a week, less in-person instruction. It's moronic. But we must do something. We must do something. You've got 60% of Michigan's population has gotten a shot of the vaccine. Okay, 60, 60% of them. Remember when they were talking about 70 or 80% would bring us to herd immunity? 70% herd immunity? Yeah. They don't even talk about herd immunity anymore, do they? My friends, they don't know. They don't have the answers to this stuff. And that's one of the reasons they get so upset when people ask questions. I'm reading to you the data so you can make I mean, my my characterization of the data is is my assessment is my analysis. But I'm using the same numbers they're using. Does about a third of people in the hospital who are fully vaccinated. Does that sound like what they were telling us it was a few months ago? Is it worth a national vaccine mandate from the federal government when about a third of people that are going to have a really bad covid case were vaccinated? I mean, if you extrapolate Vermont out across the country, another interesting point about Vermont, very low infection rate before now, very low natural immunity. So that also factors into this. And they don't keep good enough numbers and data on this. They don't care to. It's just get the shot, get the shot, get the shot. And now it's get the booster. And they're going to make boosters mandatory. Understand that. There's no way they won't make boosters mandatory. So. I'm just telling you what I'm seeing, folks. You know, I, I know that's you're not supposed to do that these days. You're supposed to listen to Fauci, you know, get boosted. Oh, gosh. I don't know. It's like what Fauci's telling America to turn and cough all the time. It really makes me uncomfortable. When running a business, HR issues can kill you. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations. And HR manager salaries aren't cheap. An average of $70,000 a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance 
all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day, all for just $99 a month. It's month-to-month, no hidden fees, cancel anytime. You didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance. Let Bambi help. Get your free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com slash buck right now. Schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com, B-A-M-B-E-E, Bambi.com slash buck. Uh, And yes, please do. So now we have some uh, other issues to tackle here for a second. Um, For one thing, I got to tell you, uh, it is stunning to watch the discourse that is allowed on cable news these days. Uh, Joy Reid, for example, laughing at Kyle Rittenhouse's tears and and uh, equating it to uh, Brett Kavanaugh and his tears. Uh, she's a sadist. I mean, she's sick. There's something wrong with her. And she's paid, I'm sure, very well. I'm sure they're paying her a few million dollars a year to be a moron on TV. Um, because the libs still have control of legacy media outlets all across the country. And these are businesses that are essentially inherited by woke lunatics who can then write big checks from them because they're they're corporate, right? There is actual corporations that make real products that control these news networks. And the news networks still have relationships with Madison Avenue, the, the advertisers, uh, so they can still make better money than conservative outlets, even with much better audiences can. Because that's just the way things are, because the left understands seize control, control the institutions, grab the levers of power. Don't worry about being right or ethical or anything else. Just control things and you will get your way. But there are some who are recognizing that this is not the way things are supposed to be. Bill Maher, whose show I've done a couple of times, uh, he's even recognized he's a lib, he's a liberal, but he does have some common sense. And he's understanding that this belief that the left is deluding itself into that critical race theory isn't real or that it's not really critical race theory is absurd. I mean, here's what he's saying on his show, which is refreshing, I have to say, to hear liberals talking about this. People are kids are taught and sometimes separated into groups, oppressor and oppressed. Again, does a kid even know what those words mean? Would they gravitate toward that if you hadn't told them? I mean, you're taking something that was getting better, race relations in America, and we, I think everyone recognizes, everyone right-thinking in my view, that still a lot of work needs to be done. Remedial efforts need to be taken still. Racism is part of America. But I did a thing one night about progressophobia, which is a term Steven Pinker called, mm-hmm. uh, term, coined, which means somehow liberals got afraid to acknowledge progress. You know, it's two thoughts in your head at the same time. You can acknowledge that we have made great progress on all the social issues. Uh, and, and yet there is still more work to be done. We're not saying mission accomplished. It's just saying, let's live in the year we're living in. Let's live in the year we're living in. It's sound thinking from Bill Maher. Let's stop pretending this is some other era and talking about America that way. Common sense, folks. Wouldn't it be nice if that were the new pandemic, a pandemic of common sense across America? 
Thanks for being here with me in the Freedom Hut. Please uh, become a supporter and a subscriber, if you would, at uh, bucksexton.locals.com. Back with you tomorrow. Shields high.